Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Al is a 58-year-old male with history of type 2 diabetes, obesity, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, hypertension, and hyperlipidemia. His meds currently are metformin, losartan, and atorvastatin. After you take his 24-hour dietary recall, you note he continues to make food choices that may not be the best for his health, and he states he does not have time to exercise. Before you can ask another question, he excitedly tells you that he started taking cinnamon pills. He read on the internet that it was good for diabetes and wants to know what other supplements he should take. Joining me today is Jillian Joseph, physician assistant and clinical instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School and assistant professor in the Department of PA Studies at the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Services University. Hey, Jillian. Good morning, Frank. Uh, Al is like such a common patient in my practice. Me too. There's always so many gray areas with supplements and vitamins, and this happens uh, at least once a week where somebody comes in with some new exciting thing they want to try they saw on TV or on the internet. So tell us, what are your thoughts on cinnamon? Well, um, I, I was asked recently to look through the variety of supplements that are available and say, what, what, are, what are some of the best items available? So uh, cinnamon is probably the most commonly quoted And I found a meta-analysis that looked at the influence of cinnamon supplementation on prediabetes and diabetes. And what it found was that using it fairly aggressively three times a day led to an 8.8 milligram per deciliter reduction in the fasting plasma glucose levels of those patients. So while it did something, I think this is one of those things that's statistically significant but I don't think it's at all clinically significant. And I think most people don't want to take something three times a day. I found another large lit review looking at commonly used supplements for diabetes, nicotinamide, ginseng, fenugreek, vitamin D, chromium, and cinnamon. And here's what they found. There was only two things that had any data that supported a statistically significant reduction. One was in fenugreek, which caused a 17 milligram per deciliter reduction in fasting plasma glucose, and cinnamon, which also caused a much smaller reduction in fasting plasma glucose. So we've got two things that, again, were statistically beneficial at lowering the fasting plasma glucose, but to a very, very small degree, something that's statistically significant, but probably not clinically significant. I want to just end with one more cinnamon thought. Um, uh, The Jocelyn Diabetes Center in Boston did a randomized controlled trial where they had patients take 500 milligrams of cinnamon capsules three times a day for 12 weeks versus placebo, and they gave it to pre-diabetics, and that they found, again, a tiny 5 milligram per deciliter reduction in fasting plasma glucose, but it had no impact on any other clinically relevant measures. So... I think my my bottom line is 
cinnamon might have a tiny statistically significant lowering of fasting plasma glucose, but it's not clinically significant. And with Al, it might even be detrimental for him taking it because it might undermine his thoughts about changing his diet or exercising. Yeah, and having to take it three times a day, that's pretty hard to be compliant with for not a lot of added value, it seems like. So, all right, no on the cinnamon. What about chromium? Yep, yep. Chromium's the second most common thing that people uh, seem to feel is beneficial. So I found a systematic review and meta-analysis of chromium looking at 10 randomized controlled trials, and they evaluated A1C, fasting glucose, triglycerides, cholesterol, LDL, and HDL. And they found that chromium supplementation um, had a, a very tiny statistically significant reduction in hemoglobin A1C, um, about 0.5%. But this meta-analysis had a very high level of heterogeneity. And I want to remind the audience that heterogeneity is a measure of how similar the studies are when you do a meta-analysis. And uh, a number over 50 means it was the studies were very, very var variable, and so that the outcome is very prone to bias. And in this case, this meta-analysis had a heterogeneity score of 84%, meaning that the studies were very different. So I think while chromium might have a small impact, it has the potential to have a small impact on hemoglobin A1C, the data is still not there that I would ever recommend it. And I, I again, like, like cinnamon, I think it, it's something that's probably not ideal to rely upon. Mm -hmm. What about vitamin C? Some of my patients swear by vitamin C. I don't know. What's the evidence tell us? All right. Well, now we're at least talking about something that has some decent data that might, be, might inform our decisions. A 2023 meta-analysis looked at 22 randomized controlled trials, about 1,500 patients with type 2 diabetes. And again, they found that high dose of vitamin C supplementation did decrease hemoglobin A1C, fasting insulin levels and fasting blood glucose levels by a small amount, again, by a half of a percent. The heterogeneity score, unfortunately, was even higher this time. It was 90%, meaning the scores were totally varied. So um, while I see this as, hmm, this could have, again, some potential, uh, I don't think this study proves it. The doses in the study were typically at least 1,000 milligrams a day for at least 12 weeks. A 2022 umbrella review of systematic reviews, this covered 76 meta-analyses uh, and both randomized controlled trial and observational data. And they did find that vitamin C supplementation was associated with a small impact on all-cause mortality, cardiovascular disease, and esophageal gastric, cervical, and lung cancer. But the doses in this study were between 50 and 100 milligrams a day. So in my mind, I'm not sure I'm going to recommend vitamin C supplementation for my diabetics, but I think a small amount of vitamin C every day can have an impact on your overall all-cause mortality. How much is 50 to 100 milligrams? Well, it's about the amount of vitamin C in an orange. So rather than take a vitamin C pill, I'm telling my patients, please eat a piece of citrus fruit once a day. 
Well, that is something to uh, to take out of that. That's great. How about your favorite vitamin D? Yeah, um, I love looking at the data on vitamin D. I always hope it's going to be better than it was. This was a, um, a, a very large study looking at vitamin D supplementation to prevent the evolution of prediabetes to diabetes. And they found that, you know, at doses relatively high, over 2,000 international units a day, the three year, uh, over three years, there was an absolute risk reduction of about 3%, preventing that progression from prediabetes to diabetes. The number needed to treat there was about 33. There was also a systematic review a few years back that looked at the influence of vitamin D on insulin sensitivity using the HOMA IR measure. It did find a small, a 0.5% benefit of improving insulin um, resistance, but again, had very, very high heterogeneity, meaning you can't really trust the outcomes. So if you have a pre-diabetic and they're worried about progressing to diabetes in addition to diet and exercise and all the things we can try, maybe metformin, adding a little vitamin D is not going to hurt. Well, thank you for that overview. And it sounds like overall, so far, you've not been too optimistic about vitamins and supplements for patients with type 2 diabetes. So what are you going to recommend to Al? Well, um, and this is not going to be a surprise to anyone. The 2023 observational study of type 2 diabetics looked at what behavioral things they could do that would influence all-cause mortality. Things that increased all-cause mortality was regular consumption of sugar-sweetened beverages. I, I think that message is just not loud and clear. Every convenience store sells very inexpensive, poor-quality food with a 48-ounce super drink. Um, so sugar-sweetened beverages are just, just, just increase all-cause mortality risk by about 25%. So I think we need to be cognizant of that. Artificially sweetened beverages did not increase all-cause mortality, but had no benefit. It didn't help people to lose weight. It didn't help their diabetes. It didn't help anything. Coffee, tea, and water, as well as 2% milk, reduced the risk of all-cause mortality. So I think what we should be focusing with our type 2 diabetics are avoid sugar-sweetened beverages, avoid artificially sweetened beverages, and if you're going to need something to drink, coffee, tea, water, and milk is good. And not skim milk and not 1% milk, at least 2% milk. And finally, I, I truly believe, you know, people all want GLP-1 agents. The really most important thing is a very high-fiber diet. A systematic review from 2019 in type 2 diabetics found that Taking a very high-fiber diet, 13 grams a day of soluble fiber, reduced A1Cs, fasting glucose, and insulin resistance scores. So bottom line is no vitamin supplement's going to help our patients with type 2 diabetes. Instead, eating a high-fiber diet, maybe including an orange every day if they're a pre-diabetic, lots of vegetables, and reminding them to stop exposure to both sugar-sweetened beverages and artificially sweetened beverages. Frank, thank you so much for this overview. The, the dietary stuff certainly is no surprise to me, but all of this helps me feel better about uh, really telling patients that the evidence does not support using a lot of supplements to help with diabetes, among other things. So thanks again. Thanks, Jillian. Practice pointer. Cinnamon, chromium, vitamin D, and a host of other vitamins 
provide no clinical benefit to patients with type 2 diabetes. Things that will dramatically improve their health are avoiding sugar-sweetened and artificially sweetened beverages having a high, and having a high-fiber diet. For drinks, consider coffee, tea, water, and at least 2% milk. Join us next time while we talk about a simple home remedy to use to lower progression of hospitalization associated with COVID-19 infection. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.